the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, we are back. We're back live. Got a few days off after, uh, well, in between Christmas and New Year's, really. And uh, so it's really good to be back with you live. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. And I hope that you had a good Christmas and a good break, whatever that meant for you. And uh, But we are back. I think some of you aren't back yet. Some of you are, I noticed the parking lot was fairly, empty and so is the freeway and uh, maybe that's planned or maybe today is a lot of calling in sick or something like that 888-528-2557 is not the number to call in sick it's the number to call in to the pastor scott show and we're here to take your calls did you make a new year's resolution did you actually do it uh what was it and have you blown it already like did you get up today and read your bible your bible in a year i'm gonna do it i got an app i got did you do it did you get up did you get up and read it Take people, uh, what, 17 days, I think is something like the average where people keep their resolution. In fact, uh, did you go to the gym? Did you work out? Did you do your push-ups? Did you do whatever? It's the second, right? I think I think January 1st, you can skip it, right? But uh, you got the, the parade and you got the football and all the food everywhere. Right, don't worry about it. But the second, you got you to gotta start. You got to start or you'll never get to it. If you planned on buying like exercise equipment of some kind, don't go out and buy it new. What you do is you wait a couple of weeks into January and then you go on to uh, Facebook Marketplace and everybody's giving it away. You know, or at some point you realize, you know what, uh, I can get this cheaper if I just wait a couple of weeks. Anyway, I want to give you some encouraging things and I want to hear maybe your New Year's resolution or what you have done previously to keep a New Year's resolution, 888-528-2557. It doesn't even have to be a New Year's resolution. You know, New Year's is a great time to think about it. We change the calendar. You know, changing the calendar, <clears throat> there's something refreshing about it. There just is. I I feel refreshed, even though I look out at 2024 and I, I look at it with some excitement and I look at it with some dread. But there's something exciting about the new year. It always is. But the truth is, is you can make a resolution anytime. You don't have to wait till the beginning of the month or the beginning of the year. You can do something to better yourself now. I'm going to give you a few things if you haven't thought about it. And there are studies out there that say the younger you are, the more likely you are to make resolutions. The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557. If you want to share your resolution or share a tip on how you keep your resolutions, 888-528-2557. A CBS News YouGov survey just said that 60%, 60% of people under 30 are making New Year's resolutions this year. I think that's great. I mean, it's too low. It should be more than that, right? But 60%, that's pretty good. But it says that only 15%, 15 of people over 65 are making New Year's resolutions. You know, can I encourage you, wherever you're at on that, that spectrum, 
don't ever stop growing. Make a New Year's resolution to grow. I don't mean grow your waistline. Okay, you, you know, I've got a New Year's resolution to shrink mine. I told you last uh, month that uh, I put on the COVID-19 and I'm still carrying that around. And even though we are uh, putting on uh, the masks again, uh, if you have to go to the doctor here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, then, then you're doing that. Uh, you want to get rid of your COVID-19. You want to, you want to reduce that way. But, but personally, you want to be a growing person. You want to get better at something. You want to learn something. You want to grow spiritually. You know, there are studies also that indicate, and I think this is correct, that one of the reasons that people stop growing and one of the reasons that we have so much conflict and so much division, whether it be in our country or maybe even in our churches or our businesses, or, or maybe you just live in a tension-filled apartment complex somewhere, one of the reasons is that we aren't growing we're not really growing educationally, right? Our education system, the numbers aren't real good. The many people are getting educated and, and doing well, but more and more people are not. They're graduating because we like graduation more than we like education so much. We are also spending so much time, whether it be on our social media or just in our conversations or our friends, spending it with people who agree with us on everything. And so we never hear anybody else's opinion. And then when you don't, then what happens? And this is one of the things, you know, we, we have all this controversy on the university campuses and the president of Harvard uh, resigned today after, uh, you know, uh, her, her testimony where the other president, one of the presidents resigned uh, from uh, UPenn, Miguel, she resigned. And now they're going to go after the, the uh, MIT one who was also there, still has not resigned. Um, she's resigning for plagiarism and uh, other things, uh, probably. Um, but one of the things that is a problem is on our university campuses, and this is something, there's a great book called uh, The Coddling of the American Mind. And one of the things that this book warns about, it came out in 2018, so some of it's incredibly prophetic in some ways, but it was sounding the alarm. And it was talking about that what's happened in our, the way we educate and the way we teach each other now is different from any other era, that there is an untruth that is going on in our universities called the the untruth of fragility, according to this book. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker. And the idea is that what is being taught to so many of us is that we want to protect ourselves from injury or from pain. And that's what has led to things like safe spaces and words or violence and things that, of that nature that we've seen really the past 10 or 15 years sort of become something that has been actually built into the system for a couple of decades now. Um, the untruth of emotional reasoning, the idea that you should always trust your feelings. Um, the, that's something that has been taught now that has never been true. You know, sometimes you have a feeling about something and you're right, but you've always got to filter that through some sort of mechanism to say, does this, does this work? And, and what they're saying is that the reason there's so much anxiety today, particularly along, among younger people, but even older people, the reason there is so much depression, part of it, is because we are becoming a society that wants to trust our feelings. And when your feelings are, the world's out to get me. If your feeling is a catastrophe is always coming, when you don't have any optimism about your life or the world or things working out, then your your feelings are going to be negative. Your feelings are going to be that of tremendous fear. Your feelings are going to be ones that say, the other party is out to only destroy America, or that person is out to destroy me. And that divides us further and further. Our feelings are dividing us. 
in so many ways, and uh, that life is a battle between good people and evil people. Uh, I think there's a battle between good and evil. I think it's spiritual. And uh, the Bible tells us our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not really against other people. It's against demonic forces and terrible philosophies and ideas that many people will keep. And there are there are evil people. All of us are evil to a certain degree, but there are people who do tremendous evil and violence. But making excuses for them philosophically is another thing that divides. It's an interesting book anyway. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. If you're looking for a book other than your Bible, which you're only on day two, you can catch up if you're already behind in your Bible reading. Uh, that's a great book. Great book to read. It's a little dated because 2018, just think about it, how different things are in 2024 than in 2018. It's wild to think about it. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I am Pastor Scott, live with you today. Uh, Happy New Year to you. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I wanted to give you the, to hear what your New Year's resolutions are, if you made them, and uh, or maybe some advice you would give to other people, some encouragement if they've made them, things that have helped you to really make some decision. And to grow yourself. I just want people to grow. I think that that it does a lot for you, but it also does a lot to heal. When we grow and we do things that get us closer to what we're really designed to do, and when we become that kind of person, even if we're just taking baby steps in that direction, our lives get better because it's how we are made. It really is. So let me, let me tell you something. Uh, here's a couple of things. You can be teachable, is one thing. Do you learn new things? I know when I'm not growing, when I'm not reading something new, when I, you know, I am not deliberately taking my free time to read a book or study something in the scriptures or study some issue that maybe I don't really understand or somebody's point of view that I'm hearing and I just quite, I don't quite get it. I find out that I grow when I learn new things. You know, truths don't change things, but you can learn a lot more about what is true by getting out there and growing. And applications of truth does change. You know, the culture hears things differently, right? The culture is, when you think about your faith, if you're a believer in the ministry of your church, you've probably gone through different cycles and different ideas maybe of how to do certain things missionally. Uh, it's okay that that changes. In fact, if you're not changing it, you're you're going to not be effective eventually. But be teachable. Be a person who can learn new things and even change your mind about things. That's a huge thing to do. Don't be afraid of other opinions. I think when we look at this year and probably the division that is going to be seen politically and about many issues in our culture— you know, I got a, I got in a lot of conversations about this over the past couple of weeks, got to see a lot of people, and that was really great, friends and new friends and people. And people would talk about 2024 and what's coming, and it's going to be a dumpster fire and all of this stuff. But they would come down to, well, what do we do? Because I think you've got to have that. You've got to say, you know what, this is not going to be the end of the world. We don't really know what's going to happen. We don't really know what might be coming. Maybe we're going to have a great revival. Maybe there are great things that are going to happen. We should be prepared for that. But whatever is going to happen, if you're a teachable person, if you can listen, if you can have a better grasp on what is correct, you're going to help in the healing. Like whatever better thing needs to happen, 
you can help by being a teachable person. That's true in your job, too. If you're struggling in your work, be teachable. Are you listening to what uh, somebody who might be training you tells you to do? Are you trying to apply that? Are you going out there and, and saying, you know what, I've got this hobby or I have this job or maybe I'm just old. I want to learn how to be an old person better. You can do it. You can be teachable. I promise you that's a really good resolution to have. Take initiative. That's the hardest thing for so many of us to actually take initiative. I think that for many of us, the reason we don't do that thing that is always on our brain, maybe it's to start a business or go back to school or learn a hobby or do something, is we have fear that maybe we'll fail or fear that I don't know how to do it or maybe it's hard, so it's just hard to get going. Nothing is so hard that you can't do it. That's why other people do it. You can do it. I remember I started a business many years ago. It was called The Ferocious Wholesaler, and I sold stuff online. That's what it was about. And I remember thinking I kept putting it off for a little while. I thought, ah, I had to start a business, and what does that mean? What does it mean for taxes? What does it mean for you know paperwork? And I don't want to do it. Is it going to cost money? What's going to do it? And I put it off for a while, but one day I decided, no, I got to do this. And I went downtown, and I went to all the offices, and I did it on foot. And uh, in a couple hours, I'd started a business. And it was actually very easy, a very simple thing. It was a sole proprietorship. I didn't shell out the 1000 bucks or whatever it is for your, your uh, LLP here in, uh, in California. I sold that business eventually to a guy in Idaho who, for $125, turned it into a uh, corporation uh, one-time payment, $125. If you wonder why your jobs are leaving California, it's because in California, I think it's 800 bucks a year if you've got an LLP. Now I'm scaring you out of getting a business. No, still go do it. You know, California, it's just harder. But just realize that if you go to another state, they want your business. They want you to start a business, and uh, it's just easier. But re- regardless, it's not that hard. You just got to come up with extra money in this state. But you can do it. Take the initiative if that's your thing. Maybe there's a hobby. Maybe there's a class you want to go take. You know, Look it up. Do it. You will find it's not that hard. Pick up the phone, go to the internet, do whatever it takes, and do that. Get passionate about your faith. Go back to church. Did you know, I was surprised to read this, but glad to read this, that in that same government, CBS News poll, YouGov poll, that a large part of Americans, their, their New Year's resolution is to go back to church to get into church. You know, we're still, I think we're catching up now to where we were before the, the COVID. Um, but I think that maybe many people who stepped out, and maybe that's you also, who stepped out of it and said, you know what, this isn't for me. Five years later, four years later, you're saying, you know, the only thing that's uh, more, you know, that's worse than the organized church is the disorganized church. And maybe I should get back into something. Maybe I should find a church where I can be with other people, where I can pray for people, they can pray for me, where I can be encouraged, where I can be part of the body of Christ, where in spite of the fact that there are difficulties in any church, where not every organization, none, none of the organizations are run perfectly, I should be there, that there is something correct when the Bible, the book of Hebrews tells us to not forsake the gathering uh, with one another, that we should do that, particularly as the day approaches, capital D, Judgment Day. I mean, when you look out into this world, you say, there's the potential of this being a pretty rough year. I don't think it's going to be as rough, by the way, as all the doomsdayers out there. I mean, they're, you know, Biden or Trump are going to become dictators and the new Hitler. I mean, people, somebody accused uh, Donald Trump's going to invade Canada. No, he's not. 
whatever crazy you think, whatever you think these guys are going to, that's not going to happen. That's insane. But there are people saying it. I mean, that's the type of fear that's driven out there. Part of growing is to get to a place where you can look at things sort of and go, you know what, I am going to not worry about things that are so far out of my control that I can't do anything about it anyway. You know, instead, I'm going to take some time and deal with what I can deal with in my life. That's a, and growing is part of it. Have courage, you know, stand up for what is right and true, even though you might lose friends or get attacked. That's a big part, I think, of the world we're living in. And it helps when people just stand up and to the truth. You, you find that when people are truthful, in, it's contagious because it feels good. The truth will set you free. Well, it does. Uh, it really does. And the last one is be encouraging. If you need a New Year's resolution just, and, you're, and you're saying, well, what can I do? You know, be more encouraging wherever you are. And sometimes people say, well, that's the, I need encouragement. How should, why should I be more encouraging when I'm the one who needs encouragement? You will find it to be encouraging to you if you are encouraging to others. You do. It just, it brightens their day and it brightens yours. You find yourself, when you are an encouraging person, when you take the time to intentionally encourage somebody and say, hey, you really did a great job with that. Hey, I really appreciate it when you do it. You know what? You're really gifted at this. Don't lie to them, right? Don't tell the person who gets up in church and sings a solo and it was awful. Don't say you're a great singer. Don't tell them that. Then they, then they end up on American Idol and embarrassing themselves nationally. And then they say, but everybody at my church said that I was a great singer. No, they lied to you. But if they are a great singer, encourage them that way. And if they're not great at something, you know, find the thing that they're doing that's really good and encourage them that way. You don't have to say you're a terrible singer. That's not very encouraging. You can say thank you. But, you know, you can be encouraging to people in so many ways, and it helps you. It helps pick you up, and it will help people encourage you because you get to be seen as somebody who is fun to be around. You know who's nice to be around? Encouraging people. Encouraging people have more friends. Encouraging people get up in the morning and they have a purpose. That purpose is encouraging other people. And you know what? People like to be around that person. They do. You, if you make it your, your goal to be encouraging, your resolution, I'm going to encourage more people that I work with. I'm going to encourage the other students I go to school with. I'm going to encourage my professors. I'm going to encourage you know whoever, my neighbors. I'm going to encourage the guys living down the hall at my old folks' home where I live. I'm going to wheel down there or have somebody push me down there, and I'm going to encourage the people who are having a crummy day. You know what? It makes your day better, too. It's a good thing to do. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. We're back live today. 888-528-2557 is an herb. You know, as people made in the image of God— we are called to make something of ourselves. Now, I want to be careful. We're not called to make something of ourselves in a way that the world would look at that, right? But we are not told in the Bible to simply enjoy life. Right back to the uh, Garden of Eden. You know, Adam was given a creation mandate. Cultivate, subdue, fill the earth, multiply. There's work to be done. Mankind was not simply told to enjoy life and kick back. No, you have food and sustenance and and it was beautiful and all that stuff, but that wasn't the only purpose to enjoy that. There was work to be done. There was purpose. There was reason for being there. And we're like this because that's what God is like. 
We're in his image. God is working. He's a planner. He's a creator. That's what he does. There's a plan. And when God was finished, he said it was good. You ever get something done and you say, that was good. You know what? That is a great moment. This was really good. It's why men and women plan and envision and initiate and progress and persevere and pronounce that when they get through something, when they achieve their resolution, when they achieve some area of growth or something that they have created, something that they have completed, they say, you know what? That is good. It feels good. It is something that also helps you with so many different things where you might struggle. So that's why that's why making a resolution is good. It's worth your time. It's a very biblical thing to make plans to accomplish growth in your life. Proverbs thirteen twelve: Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It really is. What's your New Year's resolution? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Pastor Scott Show. We will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Everybody, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. We are alive and good to be with you here on Tuesday. Hope that you had a good day. What did you do yesterday for uh, New Year's Day? What did you do, uh, Wilbert? Did you uh, do anything fun or exciting for New Year's Day or was it was just a relaxing day? Uh, I had the pleasure of working. You had the pleasure of going to work on New Year's Day. Yes, I did. All right. Well, you can tell me off the air if they pay any more for that, but, uh, you know, it's a holiday. Slightly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are working, you know. We uh, we were in uh, San Diego, actually, visiting some friends and hanging out and had a great time uh, with them. We drove home on New Year's Day. Oh, did you? How was the traffic? Traffic was great. I mean, it was – and I worried about that because we went down there Friday – uh, no, what day did we go down there? Friday, was it Friday? Saturday. And one time it took us six hours to get down there. It was just it was just kind of a disaster. Uh, traffic and you can tell. But going the other way, going north was really bad. If you were traveling from you know Orange County or San Diego and coming north through Los Angeles, uh, you're probably still not wherever you were going for New Year's weekend. It was that bad. But we had a great, great trip down there. And then on the way back, New Year's Day, I kind of expected it to be bad. Like it's the end, but it wasn't. I think because people watch the football and they do all of that. So I missed I missed a lot of that. Um, but uh, we had a good time. Went to In-N-Out, took everybody in and out on the way. You know, so fun time. Good New Year. It was a good New Year. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. The, when you start a new year, when you do something new, there is something that says, hey, I need to do some stuff in my life. And maybe that's grow spiritually. Maybe that is, yeah, I got to get healthy. I'm, I'm here today. I just want to take some time to encourage you with that. And especially if you get into a rut, I am uh, reading how so many, you know, I spent some time just doing some reading, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where we are, how we're going to respond to the challenges I think that we're going to have in the news nationally with relationships with each other, all of those things this year. I think that it's important to be proactive about that, right? To really say, you know what, I'm not just going to pick a side and batten down the hatches. And I'm going to, I, I think that we want to do well. And so much of it has to do with realizing that we can grow, realizing that we can be 
successful or persuasive, that there are some plans that we can make that are noble and actually accomplish them. Isaiah 32, 8, a great verse. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. You know, it's not the noble man has noble ideas, and by those ideas he stands. You might have some really great ideas of what you ought to do, but unless you actually do it, well, then you're going to have the same idea next year. And, and that's always a bummer. You want to be a, a person. You want to be somebody who can accomplish something better. And I don't mean in a worldly way again. Like, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to do something and it's going to make a splash and impact your community in some way, uh, you know, or the city or bigger than that. But maybe what you're going to do is just going to impact your family or impact your neighbors, impact your roommate, something like that. You know, make those plans. That's a noble plan. You know, that is something what that is worth it. And it's something that when you make those steps to do it, uh, you see God bless that. I really believe Proverbs fourteen twenty three says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. That's one that we should take to heart, right? A lot of people say the right thing. That's part of the the movement, especially if you're younger and you're on social media, you know, sometimes you feel like you did something. You know, a few years ago, we called it the hashtag social justice or something where you, you got on your Twitter or your Facebook or your Instagram and you you spoke out about, you know, something going on in the world. But that's really all you did. And you put a hat and then you sort of get whatever cultural, you know, social credit for doing that. But if you didn't really do anything, hard work, it's just mere talk. And you wonder why things don't get better, why we get so divided. It's because you got to do the hard work. Uh, you got to do that. 888-528-2557. Did you make a resolution? How do you do that? You know, are you, are you, uh, how do you help people, encourage people to, to do more? And, you know, one of the things also that I think is really important here is that we want to be a people who do more than just performing a function all the time. You know what I mean? Where you, you might have a job where you're performing a function. You know, you're putting bumpers on a car somewhere. And that's a noble job, really good job. Um, but you need something that you find more meaningful. It's noble to be there. You know, a theme in horror novels, a theme in horror movies is the man in the machine that you are there's nothing above you other than just whatever function that you're in right it's a, it's a horror story when you just serve a function somewhere and that's all there is to you and the reason is because god designed you to be more than that and you feel that in your heart you really really do uh the trouble with communism is that you ultimately are reduced to serving a function for the state that's it and that's all you are that's not how God made us. And when you aren't growing, you get bored and you get depressed. And then, then you do something stupid, right? You go get a, an addiction or you go do something that's really harmful. And sometimes it's because you just have to do something. This is why it matters to uh, do well. 888-528-2557. Jackie in Compton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Happy New Year, Jackie. Well, hi, Pastor um, Scott. Happy New Year. Um, I'm calling to talk about what you're talking about, and um, I hope it's relevant to this. Um, my New Year's was not good at all. It, mm. it it went bad because I had all kinds of plans to see all my family, to see every single one of them, which I have three kids and grandkids, and it just went sour on me. Everybody made different plans, but yet we made these plans two weeks together to do things. 
And I, I just was not having my new year. I basically, I did the wrong thing. I moped. I honestly moped and I cried and, and I, I, I prayed at three in the morning. I prayed to God. I said, wow, you know, this was not good. This was just not good. And I was like, Lord, show me, you know, a sign that, you know, this, this, this is not how I should be. And um, it was weird because, no, it wasn't weird. It was a blessing from God. I was listening to your program yesterday, and you did a replay about the New Year's, about resolutions. And I heard myself, Luke ten twenty seven, and I heard that, how I was saying that that's what my resolution was. And it hit me hard. It's like, wow, I didn't do that. I decided to mope. I decided to be angry. I decided to be sad. And it just took me. So when I heard it yesterday, I said, it's okay. It's just it's just a day. I fell. I made a mistake. I fell. Got to get up again and see life differently. You know, we all fall. We all make mistakes. And, you know, I could have done things differently that, that, that night. I really could have. I could have went to see somebody else. I could have went to see one of my friends was telling me, hey, just come over here. No, I was mad. Because I couldn't be with my family and, you know, and God showed me that. And I wanted to share that, that um, yeah. God really does know. It, 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 God, God is there for us, you know, and I just wanted to share that, you know, that's it. That's, you know, he is. Yeah. And I, and I hope know, I came across the right way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you when you called, I remember your calls a couple of weeks ago. And you said your yeah. resolution was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and, yes. right? And, and my neighbor as myself. And yes. they, yeah, and they, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so they replayed that yesterday, and right. and you heard that, and you were reminded and encouraged by your own call. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, yes, it's interesting God. how God does that because you encouraged a lot of people yes. that day who called in, who responded, <laughs> wow. who responded to yours. Uh, to your resolution. And, you know, I think sometimes we hear people say, you know, quote a Bible verse that's inspirational, Jackie. And it was. It was inspirational to all of us. The great New Year's resolution. And sometimes we forget that even that person who's saying that, which is you, or it could be your pastor, it could be somebody else, fails. You know, we we drop the ball all the time. Every one of us does. And I dropped it. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, but Jesus is a carpenter. And uh, he yeah. fixes things, right? Exactly. He, he makes things. And uh, yeah. that's why we're called to grow. And uh, he used that for you. So yeah. uh, I'm hoping that January 2nd is a better day for you. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for letting me share again. I love your show. I really do. Well, thank and you, I Jackie. hope I get to meet you one day. All I right, really we'll, do. We'll be at some event somewhere and we'll say hi, Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, Thank Jackie. You. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. See that? It's uh, there. This is why, you know, when we grow and when we realize that God is building us into something, it really does. It really helps us. Um, and so figure out in your life how you can not just be a cog in the machine. If you feel that way, Maybe you've got a job or something where you can't do it, but, you know, at your job, but get a hobby or do something with your church that really influences people. And I promise you, when you make a plan, 
and you say, this is where I hope to be next year. And maybe that's something to do with your work. Maybe that's something to do with one thing or another. But whatever that is, I think if you work to that towards the glory of God, that you're going to realize that God wants you to grow spiritually, that he wants you to grow and develop with the skills that you have, with the abilities that he has given you. And that has an impact that is so great. All the studies that I've read have said the same thing, that when people don't grow, they get depressed, they get anxious, they feel like they are more in danger. There's so many different things that come along with that. And, you know, the way to be hopeful, the way to be looking out is to fix your eyes on Jesus and realize that this world is about him, not about other things that we make it about. And when we realize that, we become a kind of person that people like to hang around, a a growing person, a person who when they fail or they screw up, you know, they can still inspire people because we all do. And we want to see how does a person recover? This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, Instagram, Facebook, and X at Pastor Scott Show. You can call me now at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, we will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Over the break, uh, lots of different news. It's hard to know where to even talk about the news when it's gone. You sort of track with it and say, ah, I wish I was on today. You know, we had a little vacation last week. Wish I was on today to talk about that but didn't get to do that. But I thought that something interesting that I don't want to be missed, and especially for our Christian audience, is that in Nigeria on Christmas Day, there was an attack. Over 300 Christians were massacred. It was terrible. Uh, And several hundred were wounded. About 5,000 people were also forced uh, out of their homes by Fulani terrorists in, um, in Nigeria. And you probably don't hear that on the news, or maybe there was a blip on it somewhere. And, you know, there are there are horrific things happening to people around the world all the time. We hear an awful lot of, obviously, what's happening in Israel and Gaza and what's going on there. And we see all the news, and it's all through our social media. And uh, we got some news about Ukraine, and some of that's getting worse, and there's stuff going on in the Gulf. And, you know, that's that's impacting the news, quite honestly, because it might impact all of us, right? We could be in a war in 2024. That is not out of the question. But there are other wars and other terrible things happening around the world. And as Christians, we want to be aware of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering in all areas of the world. So this attack happened. It's not an unusual thing that these things are happening. Uh, The Nigerian government was very delayed and uh, took about 12 hours to initiate any help for these people. So that delay um, is just something that is is the case there. And whether or not for them, that might be a good response. I don't know. Maybe it was bad. But people on the ground uh, are in a lot of trouble. And we have to realize that as Christians, if we think about the world today and where things are going, that heaven's newspaper has different stories on it than maybe ours does. 
that God cares about all the battles going on in the world, and he cares about lots of stuff. But there are much bigger things for us to be concerned about than just the fact that you're going to have to wear a mask to uh, go back to the doctor here in L.A., which, you know, I, that's <laughs> that's coming, and that affects your life. But that's a whole lot different than being massacred uh, by some terrorist group. And for people who are in the body of Christ, you know, in our country, I think if you're a Christian, it's uh, I think there are things coming toward us that has not been experienced. You know, I think we're seeing the beginnings of that experienced by Christians in America. However, all of that is probably still less persecution, really, than what Christians are experiencing all around the world in so many different places today. Part of what we do is that we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. There's something that is called brotherly love. You know, the Greek word was Philadelphia. May not be the, you know, what you feel if you're a, you know, an Eagles fan or something, but it is a word that means brotherly love and if you look it up, if you look up the etymology of that word, what's interesting about brotherly love, it's the love of somebody based on family or some sort of connection you have with them, right? You you feel close to people who have similar things going on in their life, have similar experiences or similar beliefs. You, there's a certain, you know, family maybe that's there. That's part of it. But if you look at it, the original part of that word was that it was Christian love, that it made an impact on the world because it was so unusual that Christians in one city would care about Christians who might be suffering in some other city or some other part of the world, that they would take care of the Christians who were in that other part of the world. That You see this in the Bible, and you saw this in the early church, and you see it today, where there is so much help from one group of believers maybe in a church in one place that is helping take care of another group of believers that's being persecuted or that is poor or hungry or struggling in one way or another in another place. And that's part of what the church needs to be. And the world saw this as as something unique. It, I think today, you know, we live in a, in a world where we talk about the Judeo-Christian ethic, right? That Western civilization is under attack, and part of the attack is because it's attacking the Judeo-Christian ethic. Well, what is that? We sort of turn it into something that maybe we can't quite understand. Part of it is the idea that we want to take care of each other. And it's odd maybe to think that there would be parts of the world that doesn't want to do that. Or a time in world history where the idea that you would take care of people in another country or another place who are struggling just because you have something in common with them, that that was a foreign idea, that you would just never do that. Why would you do that? really everything was always everybody's out for themselves and you take care of yourself. And it was a brutal world and a different world than we live in, certainly not a lot of the comforts that we have. But when Christians came around, when the church came around, the church said, no, we're going to sacrifice our safety or our wealth or our crops or whatever it is we have to help these Christians who we've never met, who are in another country, maybe another culture, and we're going to help them. And that was such an attractive thing for the church to be, because I think people see that and they go, well, of course, that's what you should be, right? Of course, that's what should happen. And why aren't we doing that? That's a big deal. That is something that that Christians need to be about, whether it's locally or whether it is across the world. And I would challenge you this year, maybe in your churches or in your beliefs, to pick a part of the world where people are suffering. Maybe it's another country. Maybe it's just part of your city, 
And it's hard. There's a lot of tensions. I've tried to do this before, and I've been successful as a pastor and not successful in other times because there's a lot of tensions. You know, but there's rich and poor parts of the city. There are missions to support right here in our own towns uh, that are necessary and really help people. There are churches. Maybe if you have a a, a church and the budget is pretty good and uh, you got a lot of people coming and it's a good time, maybe a a mission opportunity is to adopt another church and say, hey, that church over there is struggling in this other part of town and we don't know them and maybe their life is different and there's so many things, but maybe we can help them. Now, if you're that church, you know, the, the tension is uh, so often we in our pride, sometimes we say, no, nah, I don't want your help. We want to work it out ourselves. Sometimes that can be good, but sometimes that's looking a gift horse in the mouth, right? That sometimes that's like, no, the Lord is sending you help uh, as part of the family of God. Take it and uh, get on your feet. Get to a place where you can really help people. This is part of the adventure of being a Christian, that we are called to brotherly love, that we are called to care for our brothers and sisters in Christ wherever they might be. Um, a article came out this uh, past week that said many believers or many people in Gaza where this terrible war is happening are turning to Christ, that some of the ministers who are there are saying, hey, one of the things that's happening is they're turning to Christ. In order for people who are there to turn to Christ in this terrible situation is you have to reject so much of what you've been taught and you have to say, you know what? Maybe the philosophy uh, that I've been taught all my life or living out in this culture is wrong, and maybe those Christians have the right idea. There are Christians who are there, Christians in Gaza and Christians in the region. Not a lot of them, not too many. But the one thing about them is that there's there's no battle about land. There's a battle about, you know, who are the infidels and, you know, denying what the terrorist groups believe about things, and that'll get you killed but it also will give you an opportunity to provide hope in a hopeless place. See, this is what Christians are are there to do. This is what Christians are ready to say. The Rosenberg Report, uh, we had uh, uh, him on our, our program the other day, Joel Rosenberg, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about uh, this, and he had a guest on, an evangelical Palestinian who said, hey, with all of this going on, this is an opportunity, and what is happening is that people are coming to Christ. And that often happens in really terrible times when you look for hope. And the hope that you have in Christ is the hope that of resurrection, the hope of everlasting life, the hope of forgiveness, the hope of love, the hope of grace, the hope of mercy. It's a completely different attitude towards what life is supposed to be about. And this is something that we have to offer that matters so much to all the conflicts of the world, we meaning people who are followers of Jesus. And I would encourage you to take some time, it may be part of your New Year's or maybe part of your Bible reading, part of your regular thinking as a believer, is to pray for people who are believers who are either suffering in other parts of the world or pray for people who are ministering in parts of the world where there is so much trouble um, in Gaza or in Nigeria, where there is so much problem with terrorism and other things, and ministers who are risking their lives for the gospel, literally, and will likely lose their lives at some point for it. Pray for them. And maybe there's a way that you you connect with them because of you know some opportunity to give, some opportunity to be involved, but the least that you can do is to pray. 
Can we do that? Can I just say a prayer uh, before we get on to the uh, next segment here? God, I just pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, first in Nigeria, who have suffered this terrorist attack. 300 people died. I pray for their families, for those who are displaced, and for everything there, for the ministers who are on the ground. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that you would comfort them in a supernatural way. And I pray that wherever help can be sent that is practical and real, that you would move in the hearts of believers to do that for each other. And the same in Gaza or Israel or Syria or, you know, Iran, whatever country in the world where there is so much persecution, we know that in the midst of all that, your church grows. And we thank you for that. We pray, though, for those who are afraid, who are hiding, who are hurt, who are injured. We pray that people would come to Christ, that there would be a revival, and a revival that leads to a true peace through forgiveness and mercy and the things that Christ provides. We pray that we are aware of our believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, even in our own towns, and how we can come together and be the body of Christ together. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a theme I think that uh, gets lost so much, but it, it matters greatly. I hope that's helpful for you. This is the Pastor Scott Show, and we're back live New Year's Day. The number is 888-528-2557. It's not New Year's Day. It's the second, but it's New Year's. Yesterday was New Year's Day. It's all messed up because it's a Tuesday today, and all day long we're thinking it's a, it's a Monday. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Just go to at Pastor Scott Show on Instagram, X, and Facebook, at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow right now, and uh, we'll come back. And uh, when we come back, I want to know, how do you feel about 2024 coming up? We'll talk about that as the Pastor Scott Show continues on the Tuesday edition. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 